I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Krafchick, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hello, lovely people. Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a podcast that is all about modern dating and how we can navigate through modern dating together by dissecting people's motives, <laughs> why they do the things they do and why they say the things that they say Oh, when it comes to dating. And of course, our own motives. We got to take accountability for ourselves too. Part of personal development. It's more fun blaming other people though, of course, right? I think that's the first thing you do, fight or flight. So <laughs> we go through phases. Dating is not supposed to be completely smooth sailing because we would have just all found our people by now and dating apps would not exist. The dating industry would not exist and rom-coms would certainly not exist. It makes the juice worth the squeeze, right? Oh, I just heard that the other day. I was like, (laughs) it's kind of dirty because it's just so... I just visually <laughs> see it and and I almost feel it like it's the juice worth the squeeze. 
are we squeezing? Sque- speaking of squeezing, I have my first mammogram. Because once you turn 40, you start getting mammograms, Julie. This is what happens. I'm not sure if you knew that. I did not know that. I did not know that. I love how that is the transition to squeeze. Not a sexual squeeze. But. No. This is a <laughs> medical squeeze. So I went in for my mammogram. I don't know what you've heard about mammograms. I've always heard about how painful they are and how unenjoyable they are. So I went in thinking that I was going to scream or come out feeling traumatized. But it's it's fine. It's fine. There were a couple things that were weird. You do a standing up and they put these nipple covers on you. And you you put your boob on a plate, basically, and the machine comes down and squeezes your boob from the top and from the side. And it's a squeeze, Julie. It's not like it's not a love tap. It's a squeeze and it's pressure. And I don't know if I've ever felt that kind of pressure before. I mean, I like a little rough sex, but not like... I was like, is that, that isn't your foreplay, the same as a mammogram? I mean, I would expect it not to be like, you know, sensual when you're there. It's like a pap smear. That's not sensual. Well, with a pap smear, maybe it's just me, but I get wet right away. It's not that I'm turned on. It's just my body responds that way because it's protecting me to give me more mm. lubrication. But your boob does not have like a natural way of responding to a squeeze other than you feeling the pain. So I thought that was a very novel experience. And now I have to do it every year. I guess I just have a lot to look forward to. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what else to say from there. But I do. I just can't believe that we so we are re-airing an episode for you all this week that we're super excited about. It was on Sandy Wiener's podcast. Julie, you're super excited every time for these. (laughs) Are you like, are there degrees of super excitement? Is this like super, super excited? Or are you like, I think I... I just don't like to ever favor one guest over another. So now that I've said it about some, I have to keep going. Got but it. I okay. Get, I get that I'm losing my credibility. So yeah, like the one day she doesn't say she's super excited, you know, she probably hates. Then you know I hate you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like, I fucking hated that episode. <laughs> I know. I do have my all-time favorites, but it is hard for me to separate it a little. And I do, I just do love all of our guests so much. So it is coming from a genuine place. I'm not just saying it because I feel like I have to say it. I love Sandy Weeder. I loved her on our podcast. We did the communications episode with her. I feel like that episode is so useful. I had my boyfriend listen to the episode. You know, everyone needs to get on the same page about communication. But anyways, we UA and I were on Sandy's podcast, Last First Date. And we did this amazing episode with her all about, you know, like what's happened in the last year of dating. As you all know, dating, you know, modern dating got flipped over and reversed again with COVID. And, you know, with all these re-airing, we always re-listen to make sure that it's still relevant. And I feel like this one was even relevant pre now the surge again. But I'm so kind of just frustrated that we're back potentially heading back into COVID dating. I mean, I actually had to go get a COVID test yesterday. I found out I was exposed to someone that was vaccinated, but we were in a large group indoors. And I'm like, fuck, I can't believe I'm doing this again. Yep, we're back at it. And imagine, at least you were lucky enough to know that someone had it 
and you had that knowledge. Imagine how many other times that we've been exposed to it and we had no idea. Oh, totally. Hopefully we don't go back like 100% to COVID dating, but mm. sadly more maybe relevant in this episode again than maybe it was even two weeks ago. So I'm glad we held on a little longer, right? But even if we go back to COVID dating, we all have our ring lights still, our webcams, <laughs> our angles, our outfits. We're good. We got the Zoom makeup going. Yeah, Ready to go. We Not have our first mastered. rodeo. Nope, not our first rodeo. I know. But I am actually excited. I'm going to this. Well, I, in SF, they are starting something that all bars and a lot of dining, too, are requiring vaccination cards. Yeah. I'm going tonight to this like jazz club that always required it even before this. So got to bring my vaccination card, get it ready. That's very classy of a jazz club. I would expect nothing less <laughs> of a jazz club to to require COVID vaccination cards. I think we can do the same in our personal lives. If you're having a gathering, if you're going on a date, I think it's totally fine to require your guests to show their vaccination card or, or a negative test. Well, yeah, you can do that too. You can do, I mean, they're saying you can still sit outside if you're not vaccinated, but to come indoors, it's either proof of a negative COVID test or vaccination card. But who's going to be getting COVID tests like every weekend? I mean, hey, I guess people could. You never maybe know. you can. There are you no lines know. anymore. You never know. Actually, there are, there are lines. I was at Kaiser yesterday and there was a long ass line for COVID <laughs> tests. So we're back. That's where the lines are. Everyone's getting their COVID tests. That's test. where the party is. Yep. Okay. Did you see the South Park special about the no. vaccine? Oh, no, you oh, told me about it, but I haven't seen my it. My God. It is the funniest thing ever. I might need to rewatch it this weekend just because it's relevant again. You know, they're like, this is the hottest club in town. They're not letting people in. <laughs> And it's a Walgreens, like, pharmacy. <laughs> and they're, like, only inviting the elderly in because this was, like, at the start of COVID vaccinations. And they're all the, like, elderly are, like, raging after. They're like, we're hitting the bar. We're having sex. Like, we're oh doing all the stuff. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I've... Um, I think it was a good wake up call this weekend because I, like many people, have a false sense of security again. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember like I was indoors, we were at a friend that was DJ, it was a lot of people close quarters, and I'm reducing my bubble again. I'm gonna keep it small. Gotta be a little bit more picky, I guess. <laughs> but we learned our lesson. It might, I mean, honestly, it might just be like the flu, like this might be life that we're that we're going to get it. But if you're vaccinated, you just won't get sick. I mean, that's what they're saying. Yeah, the vaccinations doing its job. And it's like the flu pandemic was what 1918. <laughs> and we're Is still getting it. Was? Yeah, we're like still getting the flu. It ended in the 20s which was the Roaring Twenties. So now we're you know, doing the same thing. But we're still getting the flu vaccine today and people are still getting the flu. Mm -hmm. And there are some people that die from the flu, but for the most part, people don't. So I feel like COVID might end up being like that, just always still circulating. And then just be responsible for yourself because you can't trust other people. That's what I've learned. I can't trust <laughs> other people. At least I know I'm protected. I'm vaccinated. I'm wearing my mask. I'm doing the best I can. There you go. Speaking of doing the best you can, I don't know if this is doing the best you can, but all the men who've ever used Bumble probably got this email recently. <laughs> and my boyfriend, who used Bumble, forwarded this email to me. It's a class action lawsuit against Bumble from this guy named Kili 
wait, Carrie Lowe's, uh, sorry if I totally butcher, butcher your name. Oh my gosh, I cannot speak. But he claims that Bumble discriminated against male users of its dating app platform who identified as interested in women through its practice of permitting only women to message first. The lawsuit alleges that differentiating the products and services offered between male users' interest in women and other users violates state anti-discrimination laws and amounts to unlawful and unfair competition. Hmm. Wow. I feel like I have an opinion on this. You sure do. I do have an opinion because I've seen lawsuits like this for like Uber and any any independent contractor type company and people are upset because they're independent contractors. But at the same time, you signed up for that. Mm -hmm. Bumble, their whole selling point is that women message first and have control. So I kind of just feel like this guy is looking for a settlement. Yeah, I I think I'm actually surprised that Bumble is just now getting this lawsuit. Because if you think back to Match.com, remember that big lawsuit that it was discriminating against people who like the same sex? Remember that? Mm. It's kind of similar to me where... I'm just I'm just very surprised. And this is where people use the apps that are specific for their sexual preference or for their own interests, right? And Bumble obviously is geared towards this uh, people who are okay with women uh, messaging first. So there I'm just surprised that this came now, but I think the best part of this lawsuit is if you participate and they win, your compensation is a whopping 20 free swipes. Oh my God. I was going to say, don't get too excited that your boyfriend's going to get a settlement, like to go on vacation. But now it's even better that all you get is 20 free swipes. That's ridiculous. Well, if you are an, in, an inactive user, you get the monetary compensation of what what is 20 that? free swipes, which is probably like $5. 50 cents? Yeah, yeah I was going to say. Right? Enough to maybe buy a cup of coffee. Maybe. At McDonald's. Oh, I've totally gotten checked in the mail from companies for lawsuits and it was like 50 cents you don't get yes. anything yes or like tax <laughs> refunds which is right. like seven cents you're like, cool you spent more money mailing this check to me <laughs> than this check is worth how much what do you think the guy that did the lawsuit's gonna get like a hundred swipes <laughs> <laughs> lifetime membership he's like i never want to use bumble again maybe they'll like pay for a subscription for hinge for him or something <laughs> They're like, please go. Or like they move him to a different island where there's just no Bumble. Like, here, sir, deal with this. While we're talking about bad dating app, I guess user experience, even though it's not bad for Bumble, that's what they chose to do. My biggest pet peeve of all times is J-Date. Did I ever tell you about this? No, I didn't know it was a pet peeve. Yes. So J-Date's they don't obviously don't do this anymore. I don't even know if JDate's around anymore. They bought J Swipe. I know that. I think it's just J Swipe now. I think they've like merged. Or if it is, it's an app and they probably don't do this because this was before people used their real names. Everyone had screen names. And J Date, mm-hmm. they would assign you a number when you signed up. Do you know how bad that is? Like As a rating? Like, no, like a number. Like I'd be like, oh. <gasps> 23 48 67 like as a jewish dating site from like that is brings up so much holocaust shit why would they do that why that is so bad i want to write to their ux person so bad and just be like what the fuck were you thinking like how 
Did that not cross anyone's mind? That is so <laughs> awful. We're, that is so awful. Oh my gosh. These dating apps, there's a need for them, but sometimes you're like, who built it? And right. did, they, did they really think about it when they built it? I do think, though, that Bumble was built very mindfully because mm-hmm. Whitney... Whitney's her name, right? Yep. Yeah. She came from Tinder after the whole sexual harassment lawsuit. But it is something that I didn't research into until today, where, you know, you and I have talked about if you are a woman seeking woman on Bumble, what happens? And Mm -hmm. it's just either person can message. But what if you're a man seeking man? Do you use Bumble? And if you use Bumble, does nothing happen because you can't message each other? I would be curious. I haven't heard that many gay men using Bumble. I really haven't. But maybe there are out there. So listeners, please correct us if we're wrong on that. It just doesn't seem like it comes up much in conversation. Isn't there one chappy that's by the same people or something? Oh, is it? Yeah, I thought there was. I remember um, one of our past guests brought that up. Oh. But who knows? I mean, it could be possible. And I guess it would be the same behavior that just neither man can message ever. That's why no men use it. No gay men. Right, right. (laughs) Sorry, neither of you can message each other. This is just an infinite loop forever. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so this is I did some research into this because I want to see if gay men do use Bumble. Okay. And there's actually been a lot of articles from gay men who said we just want to feel normalized in dating. And that is why we use straight dating apps Mm. like Bumble, Hinge and Match. And some and Tinder, right? Well, Tinder definitely is it goes all different ways. So <laughs> it caters to every sexual preference. And uh, some some gay men have said they're so sick of the same people they match with on Grinder. Oh yeah, I can see that because Grinder attracts a specific um, group. So the ones that I've read about is if you if you're a man seeking man on Bumble, and then it's the same thing as if a woman matched with a woman. Okay, either one can Fair message. Enough. Yeah, I mean, I would assume they would do that opposed to not let either person message. <laughs> Right, right. That would be bad dating app design. Yeah, like just be dating like app completely stalemate. Well, you know what I read actually is Bumble. Speaking of Bumble, they're actually experimenting with a new concept called Bumble Brew. What it's is an, that? It's an IRL dating cafe, and it popped up in New York at like a WeWork type place. So it's an 80-seat restaurant and cocktail bar courtesy of the Bumble app. Huh. Isn't that interesting? It's in Nolita, New York City. Do you know where that is? I don't even yeah. know. Yeah. That's interesting because, you know, the times that we've been to South by Southwest, yep. they had mm-hmm. the Bumble Hive, and I felt like they were piloting something there. Yep. Huh. That's a yeah. great idea, though. I think it's a great idea. So what happens if a guy approaches a girl? <laughs> so they just shut down. They're like, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to approach you. Get away from me. <laughs> There's like partitions up and it's only the women that can remove them. <laughs> women just have like a fan that they carry around with them. Yeah. With like, like a, a yes or no. Puddle, they're a just like. Windex. I didn't give you permission to talk. It's like a dominatrix thing. But the same article I found this actually this it was this um, kind of like weird tech stuff that's happening right now. And I found this new site that's created called Postdates, the Postmates for your breakup stuff. They'll basically go retrieve your items for you. That is genius. I was genius. like, isn't that genius? But they did caveat on one of them. They're like, we can pick up your your clothes, but we can't get your Peloton. Uh- <laughs> 
<laughs> that is genius. I'm honestly shocked, though, for like a copyright reason, how they're able to get away with it with Postmates because the logo looks so similar to Postmates. I'm going to look this up. Postmates. Their whole selling point is the Postmates for your breakup, unless it's made by Postmates. Who knows? Oh, that looks just like Postmates. Exactly. Isn't that hilarious? But it's such a great idea because if you break up with someone, the last thing you want to do is go get your shit back. Yeah, I've, uh, in my last breakup, I just kept finding his stuff for months mm. and I would just ship it to him. But I guess I would have liked it better if I just had a basket and I just collected everything for right. a few months and then someone just come and pick it up with safe on shipping costs. <laughs> genius, genius. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, lots of uh, business ideas that are coming <laughs> out. I think during the pandemic, everyone was brewing. Yep. <laughs> what is a good dating service or product exactly. I could make? Let's get to our question. There seems to be... You know, with modern dating, things are changing all the time. So there seems to be debate around what the dating terms mean and what the different statuses mean. So here's a question we've gotten a lot, which is, how do you know you're dating someone? What what does dating actually mean? Back in the day, when I was in high school, we would say we were going out or we were talking. That used to be the language around it. But now I feel like we just resort to say we're dating. And we've also heard people, some of our friends say, oh, yeah, this person I used to date. And it turns out they like went on one date right. <laughs> or not even like, I don't That's know. what I was going to say. I'm like, when someone says they're dating, that means that they could be in a like, committed relationship. Yeah. Or it means they went on one date. It's really hard to know. Yeah. It's a really wide range. Talking is such a weird term to me. Or hanging out. It seems so casual. So how do you know you're dating? Well, I think it probably is how do you define it in the first place if you're just defining it as going on dates with someone even once, then Mm -hmm. you're technically dating. I don't know. I usually feel like if someone was going to ask you this, it's maybe it's just getting that clarification of what it means to you and what it means to them. And I mean, at the end of the day, almost is a catch all statement. And I wonder how much it really even matters. Because people know when you're in a relationship or when something's half-assed at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You could be – there's also like – you can't really put a number to it because you could have gone on six, seven dates with someone. Right. Over the span of two years. Would you say that you've been dating for two years? Yes, people do say that. People say that. Yes, people say that. I feel like whenever someone says, we've been dating for three months, four months, it's really hard to know what that really means. Yeah. I guess the root of this is how important is it to you? And what does it mean to you? Is it important for you to say, I'm dating someone if you've been on a few dates with them? Or is it more that you want them to acknowledge that you two are dating. Yeah. And it changes. Technically, you're not lying either way. No. So it's more of just how you define it. Like, I think, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I think I would say I'm dating someone versus I'm in a relationship with someone. What about seeing someone? Is that I different to you? seeing some, someone kind of blends to me as dating, but maybe if I've only seen them a couple times. But yeah. I think I would just say I'm dating someone. Oh, interesting. I feel like the progression is I'm seeing someone, I'm dating someone. I'm in a relationship with someone. That's how I see it. 
I don't know. I also hate saying I have a boyfriend because it sounds so juvenile, oh, doesn't I love it? it? No, I mean I love saying it to say it, but I'm just saying the words sound like you're back in eighth grade. That's I what love I mean. it. That's why I love <laughs> it because it doesn't make you sound like an old married couple. It's like That's oh, true. we're That's boyfriend true. girlfriend. We're That's sneaking true. out of our parents' houses to hang out with each other. It's just funny to me because as you're almost forty and you're like, I have a boyfriend. I yes. have a girlfriend. It just sounds so ridiculous. Well, I. I also know 80-year-olds who have boyfriends, so (laughs) spans all ages. But labels are so weird, right? You can can say your partner. Yeah, I think deep down, everyone knows what their situation is. Whether you want to admit it or not is another story. But deep down, when you're questioning things a lot, that's when there's a lot of uncertainty. And it doesn't really even matter what you're seeing someone or dating someone. It kind of is one of the same. Yeah. But if you were to quantify it, this is how I would quantify it in my head. It's date one through five. You're seeing Mm -hmm. someone. You're getting to know them. Mm -hmm. And if you've been on five dates with someone with the potential of keep seeing them in a short amount of time, then I would say you can progress to we are dating. And then once you DTR or define whatever the relationship looks like, then you're in a relationship. That's how I would quantify it in my head. That's a pretty good rough estimate one. The only problem with it is when the timelines come in of number of months, like we were just saying. Yeah, it needs to be within a short time span for these five days. It needs to be within a month and a half, I think. A month or two. Two months max. Two months max. Yes. Anything more than two months, you're just barely seeing the person. But what about people who have really long virtual relationships? Ooh, this one's tricky because I personally, I still don't believe a date is a date until you've met in person. Mm -hmm. I know we've talked to some people that say, oh, I've been dating this person. And it turns out they only met once because they've been talking through virtual means for a couple months. I don't consider that dating someone. I consider that you went on one date with them. But that's just me. Yeah. I had a hard time with this because I was – so I went on dates with someone in real life, three to five dates, something like that. And then we were apart for many months Mm. and we kept in touch over Skype. But to me, it was hard to say that we were dating because we had just started. But we also weren't not dating. Right. So it gets tricky if the virtual part comes in in the middle of it. Yeah, I mean, I think at the again, it goes back to it's a label. Yeah. And while labels are important in the sense that it puts you on the same page as someone, I think when there are all these like nuances, you kind of know if it's a thing or if it's not. Yeah. How about we just change the vocabulary to I met someone great. That's all. That's all you need to say. I like it. I like it. I think also I love the changing the vocabulary. I think I read this in a book somewhere. I'm not going to give myself credit. I forget where. (laughs) But it was instead of saying all the laundry list of things you're looking for, it's like, I'm just looking for someone wonderful. Yeah. You know what that means to you. But then it comes off not as because no one we, we get this in our Facebook group all the time. It's a little cringy when people see on dating apps, the laundry list of things that people want. But I also know where they're coming from they know what they want they've they have a clear picture and those aren't bad qualities but for whatever reason when you convey that out loud it comes off that you have this laundry list right and that you're a little rigid maybe when in theory you just might be clear where i think if you say i'm looking for someone wonderful it 
makes you feel like you're super open-minded, but you in your head know what wonderful means to you. Yeah, as long as you have the definition. And wonderful is a collection of different traits that you don't need to say out loud to anybody else but yourself. Yeah. So you know what's really funny is my boyfriend now is re-listening to a lot of our episodes. Oh, he wanted to listen to a bunch of them. So I made a greatest hits playlist for him. And he was like, it's kind of funny listening because the way you describe what you're looking for a bit, I think I have a lot of those qualities. And I'm like, of oh. course you do. I've started to re-listen to some of them just to hear because honestly, I just forget what I've said at this point. It's for sure. Some of them have been like over two years ago, right? right. And um, it's, it is kind of funny to re-listen. I'm like, damn, I actually have gotten what I was looking for. There it's a you nice go. feeling. It's a nice feeling. There you go. You manifested Put it. Put it out in the universe looking for someone wonderful. That's it. All <laughs> we want is someone wonderful. And then if someone asks you what your situation is, just say, I met someone wonderful. Or I'm still on my search for someone wonderful. I like mm-hmm. that. I love it. I love it. Done. So quick announcements before we get into the bulk of this episode with Sandy. Uh, We announced last week that we are changing the sounding board a bit, and we are going to have a lot more time with UA and I directly to get your burning dating questions answered. We've seen this really great success with anyone that's been in our coffee chat, so we want to make this more accessible to everyone. So for the next month in August, we will be keeping the $18 mid-tier. That's our mid-tier. If you would like to get in now, you will get locked in at that rate. If you join in September, we will be changing those rates. So if this sounds like something that you want to do, if you have FODA, if you're jumping back into dating, if you know, you're in a relationship and things are going good, but there's something a little off, you know, this might be the right place for you. And in addition to talking to you, A&I, you get the great community. There's weekly events that are host-led. I'm just constantly amazed by the level of introspection and emotional intelligence that this group holds. And people are really there for each other as each other's sounding board. So datablepodcast.com slash sounding board. Definitely check it out and get in at the rates currently. Hurry, hurry, hurry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Any other announcements? Let's, uh, of course, follow us on Instagram at Datable Podcast and join Love in the Time of Corona. Maybe we don't have to change the title yet. (laughs) We jinxed it. We totally jinxed it. Okay, let's do a quick message from our sponsor. This episode is made possible by one of our favorites, BetterHelp. Thank you so much, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this episode. What are some things that you like to change in your life to find more happiness? What do you think is preventing you? from achieving these goals? The simple answer, at least in our eyes, is you got to prioritize your mental health. We at Datable are huge fans of therapy and BetterHelp can match you with your own licensed therapist and connect you in a safe and private online environment. I was able to start communicating with my therapist in less than 48 hours. So boom, you get connected and you're ready to go. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. Their licensed professionals specialize in everything from stress, setbacks, dating trauma. So for the new year, we wish for all of you to live a happier life. And that's why as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com datable. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash datable. 
This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Okay, so let's get into it with Sandy, all about your insider's look into modern dating. Let's go. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 454 with Yue Shu and Julie Krafczyk, an insider's look into modern dating. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe a woman of value naturally attracts the respect that she wants in life and in love. And if you're looking to build your confidence and show up more authentically in your life, I wrote a book for you and it's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And it's filled with stories, tips and exercises to help you step more fully into your value. It's available on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. And every week I bring you a tip from the book. This week's tip is step 17, which is let go of toxic people. This is one of my favorite steps. <laughs> I, uh, When I got divorced, I realized how many toxic people I had in my life. Like usually when you allow one, you allow others. And so the work that I do now as a dating coach and the work I do with boundaries and setting limits has helped to eradicate all those toxic, all the toxicity. So I just want to challenge you this week that if you have any toxic people who are in your life, really look at 
how can I either set limits with this person or really just walk away and go no contact? Because that's usually the only way to deal with many of these people, unless they're family members. And then that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, before I bring our guests on, I want to invite you to join our fantastic Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. And we are over 3,000 women strong. And this is a heavily moderated group. In fact, one of our moderators moderates Julie and UA's group too. Her name is Janice and she's fantastic. And we both have similar groups actually. We'll talk a little bit about the dateable group because it's it's kind of in the same philosophy of being really open about how we look at dating and we're interested in growth and forward movement, not in getting stuck in old rules and if that appeals to you, I invite you to join us at your last first date. And now for our fantastic guests, UA and Julie are the hosts of Dateable. It's one of the top rated podcasts about dating, love and sex. They are active daters who turned dating sociologists and they've talked to thousands of real life daters and experts to explore modern dating culture why people date the way they do man that's a good question <laughs> um, before doing this podcast ua was a dating coach and julie was an app designer and together they have been staying dateable since 2016. welcome to the show ua and julie thanks sandy Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, so excited to have you. I love listening to Dateable. It's it's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to as I'm walking. And I love the mix of guests that you have, that you balance having real life people with experts. So we've just gone through this crazy year of Corona, uh, the pandemic, and you started a Facebook group about dating during the pot during the pandemic and i'm a member of the group i love it so through the podcast and through your facebook group i'd love to hear some of the biggest struggles that you've noticed um, that people are going through in the past year <laughs> other than the obvious which are just isolation feeling this this feeling of loss, loss of mourning their life before COVID, mourning their dating life before COVID, mourning a social connection and a sense of community. But I think the biggest struggle that people are having right now is how do I get back into the <laughs> dating scene? Uh, everybody sees the light at the end of the tunnel, but they also see that their social skills may have become a little rusty in the last year and social cues have also become blurred. So how do I read the signals that I used to think were good signals? Mm -hmm. I don't know if they are anymore. How do I progress with a relationship when safety is still a huge concern? So the biggest challenge I think we definitely are seeing is how do I get back into the swing of things? Absolutely. I think a lot of people are like, you know what, I haven't gotten date ready. I haven't put makeup on in a year. I've been wearing sweats and, you know, only getting ready from the waist up, essentially, for video dates. And it's daunting to a lot of people. I think people are excited to get back out there and resume 
quote unquote normal life. But I think there is this level of like feeling scared about it that is happening, like UA was just mentioning. The other thing that's interesting too is that like I think with a lot of, you know, companies going remote and like reimagining like the future of work this is causing a lot of people to like reevaluate like where they're living how they want to live their mm-hmm. lives and i think that like uncertainty also kind of does play into your dating life because i think if you're unsure of where you want to be it can make dating a little more challenging when you're kind of like half in half out and figuring things out yeah, that's that's been an interesting. All of this is interesting, but I think that last uh, point that you made, um, Julie, is I remember when um, I think it was Tinder had this passport mm-hmm. where you could pick anyone in the world, yes. and um, they made that free for a while during the pandemic, and I I really thought that was a great idea because many of us are not tethered to where we live, and I was just having a conversation this morning with with um, someone who met somebody who lives a distance from her and she's actually considering moving. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, aren't you really connected to where you live? Your business is there. You have a child there. And she goes, no, I hate where I live. My child (laughs) is miserable. I'd be happy to move. And so there are opportunities that have come up. And I think that if we can look at all of life as opportunity, Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, there are challenges and we don't want to whitewash the challenges because they're they're big ones we've had a lot of losses but there are also hidden opportunities so i love the um the idea that you can get up and move and but it also is like okay who am i where am i i don't (laughs) know what to do right a lot of identity things you know what i totally agree with you like no one's gonna say that 2020 and this pandemic has been a good time like no one's gonna say that but of course you can find silver linings in everything and i think one of the silver linings that we've seen is the community that we've established and you're part of the love in the time of corona group and i think one of the things that i've loved about it is meeting people from all over and kind of getting Mm -hmm. out of like your bubble and seeing the different perspectives. I think people are always quick to blame where they live too for their dating problems. It's like that and the apps. Those are like the (laughs) go-to like this is what's wrong. It has nothing to do with me. It's all about that. But then I think there's something kind of refreshing in a way that like everyone's having the same issues no matter where they live. I don't know. I know it's like not misery loves company but at the same time like it is kind of nice to say like okay this is a universal challenge. Like this might show up slightly different depending on where I live, but I'm not like alone in feeling like this. And it's not necessarily unique to my situation either. Yeah. I mean, I think challenges do a few things. They they bring us together in many ways. We looked at what happened after the World Trade Towers fell and how many people came together in New York to, to help each other. People who never would t- talk to each other were now coming together and supporting and also challenges really have us reevaluate what's important. And I think that we can find connection through those things that are important in our lives. And I'm seeing a lot of really smart conversations going on in both of our groups, um, mm-hmm. really about like, okay, what's important to me? I used to think this was, you know, mm-hmm. I needed X, Y, and Z in dating. And I realized those are just preferences and they don't really matter. 
Have you seen any themes or trends of particular topics that people are having epiphanies about? I think in our group, uh, we're having people are having epiphanies about whether they want relationships or not. I think they first joined our group thinking that this is a group for relationship-minded people. And then they saw that there was just a diversity of people who are, some are single, some are actually married, some are in relationships, some are not looking for marriage or relationships. So um, having this concentrated time in this last year, people have to had, they've had to face this question of, do I even want to be in a relationship? Yeah, that's been an interesting one. We don't see that so much in my group, but I've definitely seen it in yours. <laughs> we had a, a pretty heavy conversation over the last few days about body type. Uh, mm. and Oh, I saw that in your group. Did you? The, about uh, the short, um, short like yeah. height shaming, yes. Yeah, so mm. I added a new guideline today about <laughs> no body shaming in my group because... You would think these things would be just kind of common sense, but nope. but nope. no. <laughs> and it's it's so interesting that what you think is important, height, I mean, especially during this time mm -hmm. where you know we are reevaluating life in general. And and it's I mean, it's indicative of a certain way of thinking for sure. Mm -hmm. Height is not a character trait. Height and weight you know, color of skin, all of those mm -hmm. things that we think are so important. And every single person in my group who's found a relationship that was real, not a fairy tale, but like real life, has found it with somebody that was not their type. And mm -hmm. so the type mm -hmm. thing is a big conversation. I know you had Logan Yuri mm -hmm. on your show, and I've had her on mine. And it, she talks a lot about this, too. It's like this, this whole type conversation of they have to look a certain way, they have to have a certain income. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that you guys really like to open up conversations around this. So yeah, can you share any conversations you've had around any of those topics that have really been interesting and eye opening? Well, Logan loves the term relation shopping versus <laughs> relationshiping. And we really see that with modern dating has become so much about relation shopping. You go on the apps like it's Amazon and you're searching for based on criteria of things that don't really matter to you. But I think what is a really nice change right now, because unfortunately of everything that's happening around race in America today, it is opening up conversations and having people pause to question why is this my type? Why mm -hmm. have I been attracted to this? Or why has this particular person not been my type? And as a result of these, I would say, challenging conversations, people are opening up their filters because they honestly can't answer where their type even comes from. And we always like to say, you only know what you know. So your type is only the people you've met, people you have not had successful relationships with. So why not open up your parameters? So it's really exciting to see these conversations happen. Yeah, we're, we're starting a movement date without hate because there mm -hmm. is so much going on, you know, and that I think that I mean, that applies clearly to all the racial injustices that are going on. But I think it also applies to, you know, body image and height and like mm -hmm. all this stuff that's out of people's control, essentially. And you're making snap judgments, not knowing this person whatsoever. And I mean, I think the pandemic, a lot of us have done the work. 
I think there's been, a, well, I would say there's probably two groups of people. There's people that have done <laughs> the work and there's people that have kind of like, bat, like you know, ignored it or just focused on how lonely they were and not really reflected inwards. And I think out, coming out of the pandemic, we're going to see those types of people emerge. The people that are more open-minded and like you were saying, Sandy, aren't going to like hold back a great match because their height might be a certain... Like I was looking at that, that feed, the comment on yours, and I think the woman was like 5'2", and the man was like 5'8", and I'm like, wait, what? Like this is... I know. You know, it was so absurd, but it's like there are those people, and you know what? Like we always say too it's like we can only meet people where they are like you can provide all the education and support but it does it does kind of take it for you individually to have it click and i think coming out of this pandemic we're going to be able to the people that have done the work are going to be able to really clearly see others that have also yeah somebody posted that prince was five three <laughs> it was <laughs> like let's get a clue here <laughs> put it in perspective yeah, that it's it's never about height and it's never about weight. It's about it's about our own self-judgment, really. And I think when we can bring more self-love into the picture and self-acceptance more than self-love, self-compassion, we start mm-hmm. to blur the lines of where we used to think things were important. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, economics, I, I just finished reading um make the move with John Berger. And he talks about dating across classes, you know, that you used to, people used to think only, you know, white collar can date white collar and you'd always, you have to have a college degree. If I have a college degree, that was one of the things as I started coaching was like, you look at people with a PhD as being smart. A lot of them are not, honestly. (laughs) And you're overlooking all these people without college degrees who are brilliant. Mm -hmm. You know, how many people have been successful entrepreneurs and have done amazing things without a college degree? And so we we put these little parameters around people to help us stay safe and feel Mm -hmm. like we're going to get a guarantee somehow. That was another conversation that came up around a man has to love me more. Mm. What does that even mean, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think this is the challenge, though, is a lot of, I mean, I'm assuming a lot of your listeners, too, are kind of, you know, in their 30s to 50s, probably. And I mean, I don't want to say I don't know how old your (laughs) listeners are, but I'm assuming they're like not like in their, you know, young 20s. And um, I'll say that again. I'm assuming they're not in their (laughs) 20s. I don't want to say young. (laughs) And um, I think we see this a lot with our audience too of people that are like what we call like the two of us are elder millennials we're like on the cusp and a lot of it is like straddling the old advice that we've been given and old way of thinking with the new way of thinking and there was a lot of you know bad books out there that kind of confirm what you were just saying like marry someone that loves you more I remember that in sex of the city as like a topic Mm -hmm. too and it's like it's hard to sometimes unravel these old ways of thinking but I think we need to ask why I mean that's the whole premise of our podcast is ask why then ask why again and ask why a third time because then you'll get to the root of what it actually is and why you're thinking that way and is it something that you're thinking or is it just because society and bad books told you to think that way oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's there's so many reasons we need to ask why I love that ask why three times because 
we don't even realize most of the time we have Mm -hmm. these beliefs or where they came from. Like we think they're true. When we stop and really interrogate the truth of our statements and our beliefs, we start to really see things very differently. Yeah, and I mean, to tie it back to like your earlier example about the height, like I think there is actually a research technique like with the three whys, because it does like when people first answer a question, it's kind of surface level. So like I'm thinking about the height thing because there was a long a period of time that I wanted someone that was like six feet and above. Like I kind of went into that whole stereotype. And at first it was like, oh, I want to feel protected. Mm. And I thought that was how. Then if you take a layer deeper, you're like, I want, I don't want to feel um, small, like with this person. Sorry, I don't want to feel big. I don't want this person to feel smaller than me. And then if you go a, a layer deeper, it's actually, I'm not happy with the way I'm feeling. It has nothing to do with this other person. <laughs> so it's like, if you can kind of like dissect it down, a lot of times we place blame on, like we were saying, the dating apps, your location, other people, where it's all stems from yourself at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that that example of really pulling it apart because that's that's usually what we end up with. And the location went with that is uh, there are no people where I live, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah. it is it is easy to blame your location, right? It's the it's the easiest external factor. Mm-hmm. You can just say, well, the, there's no inventory or there's just no good matches out there, but Again, with the pandemic, I think people have realized that it has nothing to do with where they live (laughs) and what they do or who they surround themselves with. We all had to face the music, which is ourselves, and really dig deep into why am I not happy with my love life or what can I be doing better for myself? Mm -hmm. And so that's why these conversations are evolving into something that goes beyond the superficial requirements from pre-pandemic, or at least I hope it sticks. (laughs) I think for some people it will stick and for other people, they'll just go right back. You know, we're humans. We tend to, we tend to go right back to our messes as soon as things get back to so-called normal, but we're not going to get back to normal anytime soon. So, or at least I hope we can preserve some of it. Like, I think I agree. I think we're already noticing conversations like going back to kind of similar to how they were at the start of this, like before the pandemic. Like, I think the, the early March, April period, when this first hit, people did get like really real and raw. And it has like kind of like eased up the longer it's gone on. But I guess my hope is that like, at least we can take away like one positive change or one thing that like we've learned about our or dating that we can maintain coming moving forward. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. Whenever I cook, I love listening to music from the 70s, like The Grateful Dead and Crosby, Stills and Nash, and my favorite, Joni Mitchell. With Amazon Music Unlimited, I can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. And you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any device, whether it's your smartphone or tablet, your PC or your Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. You will never hear or see an ad. 
and you can even download songs and podcasts and playlists to listen to offline. Now, for a limited time, you can get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 90 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to claim this offer. So Julie, you're, you're dating, correct? Mm-hmm. What's your biggest takeaway? What have you been applying? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, being excited about dates again. Um, there was a period that like, and I, I shouldn't say that, that I wasn't excited, but I think I became like, it became so standard that you would go on a date that they lost excitement and meaning. And a lot of times, like I wouldn't even put the person's name in my phone because I'm like, oh, there's like a 50% chance I'll never see this person again. Julie you know, knew like, a lot of Tinder. <laughs> like why? Exactly. Everyone's-, <laughs> everyone's name is something Tinder. It's crazy. <laughs> exactly. I did have that in my phone at one stage of life when I was really serial dating. But, <laughs> uh, I think, though, there is something about, like, getting excited to meet the person. Like, I think one of the challenges in the pandemic is not getting so ahead of yourself, because we have also seen that, and I've experienced it myself, that you, you know, build this person up because of a virtual connection. So I'm trying to not take that moving forward, but I am still trying to take this part where, you know, I do talk to them on the phone at least once before meeting. I feel like at least I'm like, okay, this person and I could carry a good conversation. I'm looking forward to meeting them in person, not just like, like, oh, another, you know, I got to do my quota of three dates a week and just knock it off. Like, I think it's, there is like a mental mindset shift that like my time is valuable. Like, I want to meet people that add value to my life. I think also it's like, I have been, you know, living alone during this pandemic. And at first it was scary. And it's become empowering to me that I'm like, you know, I've been able to do this on my own. Like, it while maybe my goal in life isn't to be alone, if that ends up happening, it's not the worst thing in the world. Like I'm perfectly happy as is. And I think that mindset, it's allowing people to come in my life that add value and not just like being with people to fill a Friday night. Like I can do that on my own. Hmm. Yeah, adding value is huge. You know, it's, it's, that's a big question. Is this person adding value? And if not, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or making you feel good I think that's like one of the things that keeps coming up on our podcast and what I've been really trying to apply to my dating life too is like how do I feel around this person like are do I like feel energized around them? Do I feel like they're like treating me like, you know, like the lowest priority on their list? Like, I think that's really important to think about and assess beyond just, you know, like the superficial checklist. Yeah, how you feel is probably the most important thing. I think what I just spoke to a woman in Portugal today who just finished this relationship that was so toxic. And I asked her, how did you feel? when you were with him, did you feel that, did he bring out the best in you? Did you feel your body relaxed or stressed around? She goes, oh, always stressed. Didn't bring out the best in me. I never felt (laughs) safe. And I'm like, okay, these are clues. (laughs) Right. But a lot of times, because if you're in a place of loneliness that you're just trying to like fill a void, that's when we gravitate to those types of people Mm -hmm. because it's better than nothing. And that's like the worst place to be in, in my opinion, for dating. Right. Scarcity. And also it, it feels like 
attraction because that's how a lot of people are wired that mm -hmm. feeling that kind of dysregulation and anxiety feels like attraction that's butterflies mm -hmm. that's excitement right yeah and unfortunately it goes back to how you view love and how you recognize love and so this is a great opportunity for that why, why, why exercise again, <laughs> digging into why do you perceive that as love? Why do you perceive that mm -hmm. as affection? And then you'll see that it probably stems from your childhood somehow where you were given love very inconsistently. And that's the only way you recognize it. Yeah, so true. It all stems back to how we Everything. were raised, right? <laughs> but... I'll blame our parents. <laughs> <laughs> it's not where you live. Yeah. Or the exactly. People blame are blaming the wrong external stimulus. Exactly. It's where you used to live. Yeah. It's right. not where you live now. <laughs> but that's, that's the whole point. It's like, okay, connect the dots, really figure out why you keep repeating these patterns, and undo it you can you can mm -hmm. undo the damage i don't care how old you are like instead of being a victim of it we have so many choices we're back to mm -hmm. choice points um how are we going to deal with it are we going to continue to try to get that love through partners who are horrible for us and make us feel that sense of anxiety or are we going to work on ourselves and try to change our attraction I know you had Ken Page on the show also, yeah. which who I love, love and he's Ken been on my show. So he talks about that, that, you know, how he grew up with that, that was attraction to him. And he finally changed mm -hmm. to attractions of inspiration instead of deprivation, which I just love that distinction too. Uh, <clears throat> you know, what has been so fun to see at our Facebook group is we have, it's kind of like a movement, I think, of all these people that are going on master dates. So instead <laughs> of like basically dating yourself, and <laughs> it sounds really dirty if you just say it I out of it context. <laughs> everyone's like, I'm busy master dating. I'm master dating this weekend. Like we get those posts all the time in our yeah. group. Like we had one of our members, she took herself to Sonoma to wine country and went wine tasting herself. And she was like, you know what? I was thinking I wanted to get out. There was, I didn't have a partner. I didn't have any friends available. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to get held back because I'm single. Mm -hmm. And I think that attitude has been so refreshing to see. And, you know, it's like just being like, comfortable with yourself and being able to entertain yourself and staying open to company because by default humans are wired for relationships whether that's romantic platonic familiar whatever it is but like I think it's not saying that you're just because you're like spending time by yourself it means that you're closing yourself off to relationships but it also does mean that like you aren't going to necessarily stand for bullshit essentially because you're like I could just go to wine country myself I don't need to go with someone that's treating me horribly. I love the whole master dating thing. I think it's such a brilliant concept. I um, One of my sons said something really funny. Um, oh, this is something he learned from a, a male dating coach that he'll tell women, like when he wants to hang out with them, he'll say, I'm going to be at this park. I'd love to go with you. If you want to meet me there, great. I'm going anyway. Mm. <laughs> So it's kind of like, I'm going to live my life and you're welcome to join me. And I mean, I would, if I was dating him, I would want him to ask me out properly. Yeah. <laughs> 
was like, I don't yeah. know about this one. <laughs> but this is more like these friends who he's thinking of dating. Mm. Um, mm. Or when like he has one woman in his life who he used to date and he want, he's now in a friendship with her. So he'll say, I'd love to hang out with you sometime. And she'll say, well, I don't know. And he'll go, well, look, I'm going to be at the park and I'm taking a walk. Yeah, so, I like that. You know, it's it's sort of I'm going to live my life and you're welcome to be part of it or not. But I'm not going to stop my life because you're not joining me. And I think that's that's important for all of us to take mm -hmm. away that we should continue to live a great life. And actually, this is usually when people find a partner because they're out having a great time. They're they're right. exuding joy and, and having fun. Yeah. So, um <sighs> what do we talk about now? I, I There's so many questions. So some other trends that you've seen, like mistakes that people make in dating, especially now, um, what are some mistakes that you've seen? It's hard to identify mistakes because then we're saying there are rules that they've broken. <laughs> uh, we like to rephrase this as things that people should be more cautious of or just think twice about. So some of that would be, I think we're getting back into the whole swipe culture uh, where you're just swiping, swiping for vanity swipes, swiping for attention. And it gets us into a really dark place when we start doing this on the regular because you start thinking that everyone dis is disposable and that if you don't match with this person, there's someone better out there. So just a way to navigate around that is we always say like, make your swiping activity an event so you kind of treat it like it's sacred and give yourself a limit. You should only really be talking to two to three people at a time. Don't try to balance like seven to ten conversations because you're not going to go deep with anybody. And give yourself a limit. Even if the apps are giving you endless, endless, endless matches or endless people to look at, maybe set a time limit. I'm only going to swipe for an hour. And then at the end of the hour, I'm done. I cannot swipe any longer. I think people yeah. are just often looking for a quick fix. Like we hear people all the time being like, what can I do to my profile to like, you know, bring mm. all these matches in? And I do recognize that people have different levels. Like some people don't get a match like ever. So I don't want to say that like, it's not about your profile at all. Like you obviously need to have a funnel of people coming in. But I do think that a lot of us are fixated on the wrong things. Like we're so obsessed with like the first message we should send and, you know, like having the perfect profile. And it actually causes us to hesitate and not actually be authentic and just make moves and have conversations conversations. I'm like in the minority here, but like I personally don't love these like really, you know, witty opening lines that I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea how to respond to that because now I feel pressure to become super witty myself. Like just ask me how I'm doing. I don't mind if you ask me what my weekend is like. And I know some people hate that so much and they're like, this random person doesn't know, care about my weekend. But that's how you would just talk if you met someone. And it does give you insight into like how they spend their time and their lifestyle. So I personally see nothing wrong with it. As long as like the conversation progresses, if it's just like, you know, that back and forth and it's not going anywhere, that's another sign. But I think so many people are putting weight on these things that really aren't important. And it's like mm -hmm. preventing them from actually just 
interacting with people. <laughs> like I think we talked about with Logan too. It's like the quicker you can get off apps, like in terms of messaging, whether that's like progressing to, you know, text, to video, to phone or whatever, to even to in real life. Ideally, that's the goal of dating apps is to meet in real life. I think the problem when people get so fixated on apps is that they never get out of that like messaging phase. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so I love both of your comments. I, I think that the whole swipe culture, I just saw something, it might have been on your on your Facebook group about some of the biggest complaints in mm -hmm. online dating. And mm. one was, you know, it takes too long. You spend hours yeah. and feels like, like a job. A feels second like a job. job. Right? <laughs> Like, why are why? People doing, yeah right, don't why? make you feel like a job yeah <laughs> that's your decision set a timer. I, i've even had clients do like 20 minutes set a timer don't make it a job and also your attitude going in because oh. you know i've i've helped clients reframe from oh my god this is like you know root canal to <laughs> to like find a better metaphor so one of them shows like amusement park you know like i'm entering an amusement park and i don't know you know what the rides are going to be like and i'm going to have fun and some rides i won't go on and some i will go on right. and it's like if you can reframe how you're approaching it it makes such a difference i mean finding love and meeting people is supposed to be fun yeah like the hard part is when you know like you have conflict that's like in a relationship that should be the hard part and that that also again is the mindset you go in if you don't think of conflict as you know a pain point that could also change how you view that but the early stages of dating and just meeting new people should not feel like a job yet for whatever reason it is it's like completely made people you know want to grill people on dates like that date I, I mean I've been on that date it is not fun to be on a date where someone is you know unleashing all their emotional baggage and grilling you to make sure that you're not going to hurt them like who wants to do that for date one like let's just have fun and I don't know for for whatever reason that seems like a foreign concept to a lot of people yeah i mean i think so people odd. people people love to know the last page of the book before they open the oh, book yeah. tell me and how I, it's gonna end i get it to some degree it's like you don't you know you've been you don't want to like waste your time you don't want to like go for unavailable people i think social emotionally unavailable is like the biggest buzzword right, <laughs> right now but at the same time it's like you need to just get to know the person like if you i remember in our group we had someone share like a line that she uses with before she even like talks to the like the men that she was engaging with it was basically like how did they contribute to the breakup of their last relationship mm -hmm. and one of the guys in the group was like because she was like oh, I, I use it to like test to see if they're self-aware and they're acknowledging you know their own how they contributed one of the guys was like i don't even know you i'm not gonna like tell you the truth anyways <laughs> like and that doesn't sound like fun <laughs> you no. don't like you don't sound like a fun date <laughs> Yeah, like I had someone ask me like what my five year plan was. I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> are we on an interview? Like what's going on? Right. And it goes back to that relation shopping mindset. People feel like they have to make these really educated, informed decisions, like when they've shopped for a car or shop for a house. <laughs> but shopping for love is not the same. You have to go with your gut feeling and intuition and we forget to tap into our guts and our heart for that we are all constantly looking for more information that yeah 
in the grand scheme of things, (laughs) 10 years from now, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. If you're running assessments in your head, you're not present. And people can feel that. And then it doesn't matter if you want to go out with them a second time. They probably won't want to go out with you. So it's like, it's kind of like, let's do the calculations once there's actually a foundation even there. Yeah, it's really true. And I have to admit that I've used similar lines before I got to be a smarter (laughs) dater. I mean, I I was really interested in seeing if people took responsibility in their Mm -hmm. lives. And so I would ask it more like, uh, what did you learn about yourself? What did you learn from your last relationship? It wasn't quite the, uh, you know, tell me how you take responsibility. (laughs) But what I want to hear is, you know, my ex-wife was a horrible person. She took all my money or I learned that I need more communication in the next Mm -hmm. relationship. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. that's a that's an okay conversation to have maybe maybe on a second date, you know. But I think the first date, have fun, like see if you can Mm -hmm. laugh together, do something fun. I think we we also get stuck in these dates that are all the same, you know, and the pandemic has given us many opportunities also to explore other ways of dating. Have you seen any trends in how people are meeting the creative ways that people are dating? I mean, we had a we had a past guest meet on Clubhouse, you know, like oh, yes. I think there's there's a lot of uh, like pla- mm. like online platforms. And actually, UA and I predicted this before the pandemic. We did not predict the pandemic, but we did predict that psychic. But we did think that like dating apps were going to start to like simulate real life a bit more. And I think we have actually seen that, that like people are using different platforms. Like we even see in our Facebook group, we do happy hours in our like premium group, the sounding board. And people have said like, it's like Coachella. We go to different rooms or like a big house party. Like Coachella <laughs> might be a stretch, but like a, a house party, you know, that we jump around and we talk to different people and it's all virtual. And I think like with um, Clubhouse and some of the other audio platforms that are coming on and, you know, people are using TikTok to meet people like there's so many different ways that aren't necessarily quote unquote dating apps but there's still apps in technology and i think we're seeing a lot of that happen and it's going to be really fascinating to see how that continues post um you know back into society and I, my personal belief is that i think it will stay i think that it won't be like the only way people interact like they are now but i do think that like I mean, if you're just sitting at home on a Thursday night, like you don't have plans, realistically, before the pandemic, we did not have plans every night of the week. Like, we you know, like we had <laughs> lives that we had to maintain. So if you're sitting at home and the thought, the question is, should I watch Netflix or should I hop on Clubhouse and like talk to people or should I hop on, you know, a dateable, I'll plug ourselves, <laughs> happy hour <laughs> and like interact with people. Like, I think people are going to choose to interact with people and like, it's still a way to get your social muscles going without leaving your home, which is, you know, very convenient. (laughs) Yeah. I think people are definitely testing their creativity. Back in the day, people had a system of how they date. They had the bar they go to, they had the drink they would get, they had the lines they would say, and and COVID really shook things up and they can't go to their normal system anymore. So we've seen people not just 
plan creative outdoor dates, but the creative the creativity comes out on what do you do on these outdoor dates? It's not just hiking. Maybe it's a challenge. Maybe it's a scavenger hunt. People have to really step up their game, and we're starting to see this traditional way of courtship come back in a way because people are taking the time to actually plan dates. What a concept! <laughs> and that in itself just exercises a more creative part of your brain. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember um, actually had um, Ketan on my mm -hmm. on my Facebook Live a couple of weeks ago because yep. uh, Janice had told me about him meeting a, a woman on Clubhouse, and I thought it was such a great story, and I wanted to share it with my audience because they walk around so limited as mm -hmm. to how they're meeting people, and I think mm -hmm. you know just opening up to. A meetup to I, I I've been to meetups before the pandemic, but people have been continuing to go to meetups virtually and meeting people. And years ago, I discovered Facebook groups as a way to meet mm -hmm. singles. And uh, there actually are singles groups. Your group in particular is great because not only attracts men and women, but the conversations are much deeper and more. A less judgy there's a, there are a lot of singles groups where the conversations are oh yeah we've that was it. our fear no. starting the group yeah we're like i hope this doesn't happen i think we naturally weeded those people out because they probably wouldn't like our podcast but yeah it's, there's <laughs> yeah. definitely those out there we've seen them <laughs> yeah and it's it you know so it's a great way to actually get to know a person whereas a, a dating app you get a very small snippet of somebody who may look like that 10 years ago and has chosen to curate some little lines that show how witty they are or somebody else thinks they are because they wrote it for them and and you know on these on these Facebook groups and I highly recommend everybody join your group because it is a great way to get to know people mm -hmm. to get to know their heart their soul how they how they answer each other how they support each other the ones who step up and show leadership skills I mean this this mm. is what we're looking for right I mean, I admit that before our Facebook group, I was never like a big Facebook group user. I was in some, but I was more of a lurker. I very rarely posted. <laughs> I didn't really engage or get to know anyone. And I have just been blown away by the people in our group. And yeah. I mean, I know I have a little bit of a bias because I am the person that runs the group but <laughs> but we have heard this from people that don't run the group that are in the group too that they feel like they've like I mean a lot of them have met up with each other even if it's not romantic just to like we had this one person post the best post she was like I'm getting ready for this date I haven't been on a date for like you know six months I'm really nervous what should I wear and that ended up being like with another woman in the group as like a friend <laughs> date and <laughs> there's just been so much like connection that's happened and I personally feel like I've met like a whole new group of friends this pandemic that I didn't know before from all over the world, which is very, very exciting and interesting. And, you know, even if it doesn't lead to romantic connection, I think it flexes your social muscles. I think it helps you connect with others. I think it helps you stay curious, you know, learn all stuff that like is going to apply when you actually meet that person too. Yeah. Yeah, I found that in my group too, although it's not with men and women, it's only women, but women have have grown, first of all, in their awareness of themselves about dating mm -hmm. because of the way we manage the group also. Mm -hmm. And many of them have formed lifelong friendships. We've had we've had gatherings before COVID 
of groups in different parts of the world. I mean, it, it really is an amazing thing to have a group that is well run where things don't go off the rails because somebody's paying attention. And I think that's what sets our groups apart from a lot of the groups that are out there. Yeah, and that's the power of being part of these groups is that we are able to control the narrative mm -hmm. and therefore control the conversation. And it's awesome that we can control the culture of these groups in a way that aligns with our ourselves, right? So it's it's great to see that reflection. But I agree that these conversations could go awry so easily. <laughs> and I'm glad that it's not just us who are moderating. We've got Janice who's moderating, but we've also got all the members who are policing each other. Like, mm -hmm. that's not cool to say or, you know, so it's it always the conversations always turn positive. And we really need mm -hmm. those positive conversations right now. We certainly the, do. <laughs> the other thing that I think has been great in there, too, like we've gotten these, you know, I mean, because our group is de is a split of men and women, but it's it's a little it's skewing more women if we were to look at the numbers. And there's been comments like all men suck or all men do this. And we like Janice has done a great job, our moderator, but other all the other members, like you said, policing each other, too. They're like hey, it's not all men. There's some freaking phenomenal men in this group. I can point yeah. to five of them right now. Like, uh -huh. you know, and I think Janice actually calls it the gold standard. And it's like when you do know wonderful men or women or whoever you're dating, that's when you start to like, again, hold a higher standard for other people in your lives because you're like, they do exist. It's not that, you know, it's an urban myth that this person is out there. I can put a name to a face and I know the way that, you know, quality people of value speak and interact with people and have relationships. And then you can hold yourself to that standard. That's a really good point. I think often we don't have role models. We just mm -hmm. have this mythical, you know, idea of fairy tale relationships mm -hmm. with people who don't exist. Or we have terrible experiences with yep. people who treat us poorly and who are Neanderthals. And, you know, it's like we just and, and people don't give each other a chance either. You know, there's dating is a lot of judgment. It's mm -hmm. quick judgments, quick assessments. And if we could just slow down, and I think the pandemic has helped us with this a bit, you know, it's taken hookups and all that stuff, all the booty calls are changed during the pandemic. And I think we've learned also what's important to us in terms of setting boundaries and safety. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I think that, that a lot of people are just reassessing all of those things. Um, so I have a question about anything that surprised you that you learned since starting the podcast? Any surprises? Oh, since starting the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where we start. There's probably been so many surprises. <laughs> uh, my biggest surprise is our how much our content has evolved and where it is today. We truly started the podcast as a funny dating stories podcast. We just want to hear what people are going through. And now we are in a place where we're providing a, a 
space and a platform for everyone to tell us their different perspectives on how they view dating and how they navigate the dating scene and relationships. So I'm I'm very proud of us for evolving our content, evolving ourselves, but I'm also just very surprised by how much our content has changed throughout the years. Yeah, I mean, we did recently, we did an episode about toxic masculinity. We've touched mental dating with depression. Like, those are topics that I don't think you and I ever planned on covering. When I would have been like, what does that this. even mean? <laughs> like, how does that relate to dating? And I think what, yeah, I think that's the point, though, is it's like dating and relationships, especially dating, it shines such a mirror on yourself. And I think so, I think what I'm surprised by is how much of it is, you know, on your own self. Like, you clearly need to get into relationships to relate to others, too. So it can't just be all self-work or, you know, that's going to just be, you know, you living in a fantasy land by yourself. And if that's not your end goal, then, you know, you do need to, like, bring another person into the equation. But that being said, like, I think when we started, I thought it was going to be more like, yeah, let's talk about people going on dates and not like the self-love and compassion and work that actually needs to happen. I think the biggest surprise, though, to me, though, is how many similarities there are between different groups of people. When we first started, I thought our audience was going to be straight women. That's who I thought was going to listen to it. And the amount of, you know, straight men, gay men, you know, other like LGBTQ plus like community members, like how they all relate. Like at the end of the day, no matter what we're going through, we can find similarities with other people's experiences, even if the experience doesn't line up 100% to us. And I think that to me has been incredible. Like we did a podcast about, you know, puppy play and to hear someone like come back and is like, oh, I actually like realize like a revelation that I don't want to like you know yuck someone's yum anymore and you know like all the stuff that you're like you wouldn't have walked into thinking that you would get like a really important takeaway from puppy play so it's like that's what I think has been the most interesting to me (laughs) that is really interesting I think that we are all connected so much more than we think we are Absolutely. and uh, I mean my audience is women over 40 and I have men and I have married people and I have gay people and I have all people too. And I think because love is universal, emotions are universal mm-hmm. and the topics are universal. So I, I love how you started as one thing and ended up broadening so much and reaching so many people and getting so much great press. Um, you you really have achieved something amazing, and I think you're you're genuine. Both of you just really are authentic and genuine, and and curious. And I think that is really one of the appeals for me that you bring such a variety of people, and the conversations are always interesting and real. Thank you. It takes it takes one to know one. So yeah. right back at you, Sandy. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Uh, so this has just been an amazing conversation, and I would love to have people find you wherever you are. So please tell us all the ways people can contact you and find you. 
Yeah, I mean, we're pretty much on every podcast platform out there. <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, any other apps that you listen to your podcast, you can find us. You can also go to at Dateable Podcast on social media. Instagram is probably like our most active social media platform. And then join the Love in the Time of Corona Facebook group. Mm-hmm. That's where we've been talking about this whole time. <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot going on. And then, you know, if you love what you're seeing, we have our premium members group the sounding board but you know start in love in the time of the corona and get to know us better we'll 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 start slowly and then eventually we'll dtr and make this official with you (laughs) (laughs) that's great um I'm wondering if you're going to change the name of the of the group. After I was thinking Corona. about that. <laughs> yeah, I was, we might. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of thinking we might change it to "Love in the Time of Corona and Beyond." Yes, so. <laughs> that was exactly. So like a parentheses and beyond. Yeah, it's like hard to totally change the name of the group, but we also, yeah, like it can't be. People aren't going to be like, "Oh, I want to be in this Love in the Time of Corona group in like two years." Once, hopefully, <laughs> knock on wood, COVID is done by then. Yeah, I like the and beyond. I, I switched the name. I, I taught a course about five or six times called Find Love during the pandemic that started the month after the pandemic started. And then as we went on and on and on, I kept teaching it. And then I realized it's more of an and beyond course and because beyond. pretty much everything I taught can be used post pandemic. And I think your group is universal. It's mm-hmm. not just about the coronavirus. And hopefully we will have a new normal and a beyond very soon. <laughs> and we'll have to readjust everything. But you guys are constantly giving us ways to do that. So I appreciate you. And thank you for coming on today. Thank, thank you for you. having us on, Sandy. My pleasure. And everybody, thank you for watching. Please rate and review us if you love our show. And that always helps, as the Dateable Podcast ladies know. <laughs> and, uh, and we hope you go on your last first date very soon. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable and trust us, we look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.